Let's rock. Welcome to another edition of IWTV Guide, your guide to what's going on independentwrestling.tv. I'm Jerry J. Hawk Hawkins. Joining me, as always, the man who thinks you're worth more than $600, Charlie Butters. I'm building my guillotine as we speak. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, a lot of people are crapping on that, but I'm like, you know what? That's still half a month rent. Like, I'm not turning it down, even though it is kind of a joke. I mean, I have been lucky enough to be able to work through everything, but not everybody has been. And uh, it's a laugh. It's really a joke when you think about the things that they say about it. Uh, like, oh, it's, it's, you know, it's just all this great, it's a great amount of money, all this kind of stuff. And it's like, maybe in the 1940s, that was a lot of money, but that's not shit for anybody right now. Like that's less than a week's pay for a lot of people. So, uh, to, to say that that's a significant amount of money, uh, and then, you know, you couldn't even pass this before Christmas. So like, what the fuck? It's like tipping at a restaurant. It can actually work to tip like a quarter. Because then it shows that you're that you know you're supposed to tip. You're just a dick about it, right? Like this kind of dollar can pick like, yeah, we know we're supposed to give you something, but we really don't give a crap about you. So yeah, here's your quarter tip. So I'm really terrible at segueing. So do you got a good segue to bring in our special guest today? I don't have a good segue for it, but I am very excited about this. We've had him on the show before. He's worth more I- than a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> am I? Yes. News to me. Yeah, we had a lot of fun last time you were on the show, and somehow we didn't get canceled. Go please welcome back Orange Flackety. Uh IWTV Guide's number one draw is back. We, we, I don't know, we I also didn't get any sponsorship money. So I'm gonna, I'm going to keep calling myself the number one draw because uh, I don't look at analytics or anything because <laughs> uh, they'd probably just hurt my – hi, guys. Oh, man. Yeah, we didn't I, get I, any I will, money. We'll get your top ten. But. <laughs> <laughs> How many episodes have there been? Uh, of IWTV Guide, there's been 31. I want to say this is 31 right now. I'll take top 10. I'll take top 10. Okay. <laughs> I'll take top 10. Uh, I have a question. Just a brief question. You guys have seen Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, right? Of course. Mm-hmm. You're familiar with the uh, Island of Misfit Toys? Yes. Of course. Um, so the squirt gun, the jelly squirt gun, couldn't they have just filled that with water? <laughs> yeah starting out hot here on <laughs> guy this week <laughs> so i just looked at our all-time downloads you're actually number nine so i will i'll take it number one is still mouse in his wrestling adventures <laughs> episode hey uh, i'll take it i will take number nine <laughs> although as far as shows that i've had a guest you are number one yeah yeah technically summers ain't, ain't ranking anywhere on here so <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, Summers. All right. Kick for Buston Kick for Fall. Remember, they're licking the wrestling cheer every Thursday, wherever you download your favorite podcast. Yeah, I'm on this week, and we're doing uh, listener calls, and neither of you called, so thank you. You guys are doing <laughs> listener calls. I, I knew they were doing Lincoln or Call, but like every question I could think of to act on the air, I already knew Summer Cancer, and I didn't really like anybody open on it. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just promoted uh, it and said two fat guys, so I don't, I don't know how you didn't get that there was two of us on the show, but okay. I, I okay, been... in, fairness, in fairness, though, I've been to AIW show, and there are a lot of fat guys in the crowd, so it would not have dawned on me that, it would, that, that yeah, you were one of them. 
He's got a point there. Okay, fine, whatever. The the IW crew is a hefty one. Just 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 teaming me over here. Just double teaming me over here on this. All right, fine. All right. Can I start start going to more than one AIW show a year? I've gained thirty pounds. Like I I think it's something in the water out there. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I put on a little bit of weight too. To be completely honest with you. That's actually why I had to do a sleep study last night. I've been I gained like thirty pounds in like the last two years. My doctor's like, yeah, you might want to. We might want to recheck, make sure your number can still get. Oh, great! It's all that Angelo's pizza mm. and, and and the uh, smoking Jay's barbecue. Absolutely, I miss those boys. I really do. I miss the barbecue. I do. Yeah, I have dreams. Absolutely. I have dreams about it every once in a while. Yeah. So big well, news. Where I had a dream that I left my I was leaving my sleep study while I was asleep during my sleep study. <laughs> So I got big news for everybody. Uh, we're not on iHeartRadio. Uh, we just got approved over the weekend. So you can check us oh, out yeah. on there now. Yeah. Hello, iHeartRadio. You're <laughs> listening to me for the first time. You're listening to the show for the first time. This might have been a bad idea to have Orange on our first week. Oh, it'll be all right. It'll be fine. I was, it'll I, be our first and last week. week. I was on your first week on uh, Pro Wrestling Ponderings too, wasn't I? First or second? Yeah. I think it was the first. I think it was the first. <laughs> so every time we, we have like a first, me. yep, let's have you on. You wheel you wheel me you wheel me out for the big debuts. Uh <laughs> it's that much of a draw, clearly. All right. So the other thing I want to touch on today, um, they've been promoting it a little bit and we're gonna promote it uh on our um Twitter and Instagram after this airs. Uh there is a charity raffle going on right now uh by Kfabe Collectibles. Uh, you can PayPal them $3 or more if uh, if you choose. All proceeds are going to Feeding America, and there will be three separate winners that will win a prize pack from the LVAC, Jonesy, Double Hell Wrestling Club, and Dominic Garini. The cutoff is December 31st, and results, uh, the winners will be picked on uh, January 1st of 2021. So we're going to retweet that out uh, for a good cause, and you get a chance to win some cool stuff from you know the bone collector and lvac and jonesy and all that kind of stuff so yeah and it goes to a good cause uh, i think charlie said it but it's going towards feeding america mm-hmm. uh especially during these holidays you know not especially when the kids aren't in school uh some people don't have all the access in the world to uh food right now so especially with the pandemic especially with the holidays it's a tough time of year uh please donate if you can and you can win some really cool stuff so yeah and while my fiance would disagree, you can't have enough directly memorabilia. No, no there's, never there's can. No such thing. No such thing. <sighs> guys, I spent so much goddamn money on Christmas. <laughs> I don't even guys, know how much. I don't even know how much we spent, but the fiance bought ninety-five percent of it. I'm not even gonna lie. Like I, I, I'm like I work retail. Like I'm not going shopping if I don't have to be at work. Like no. So I, I was gonna ask when this drops, uh, but the, anyone I'm, I'm about to mention is not gonna listen to this podcast, anyways. Uh, I probably spent $350 in fucking Christmas gifts this year, and I'm so mad at myself for fucking doing it. Uh, but I, th- I think I got everyone some cool stuff. So if I can spend $350 on Christmas gifts, you can spend $3 uh, feeding some people. It's, you know, it's not that much. Right. We're, get, we're, get, we're about to get uh, a whole big old $600 from the fucking government, which, <laughs> <laughs> look, I... I don't want to say anything that's going to get anybody in trouble, especially now that we're here on iHeartRadio. But I do want to point out that $600 is enough money for a firearm. <laughs> but I don't know if you can afford ammunition for that firearm. 
<laughs> Say we're but not going to get But you get halfway there. <laughs> we get you halfway there. The view gets struck by Orange Flackley or the Oak of Orange Flackley alone. I do not necessarily reflect the Oak of IWTV Guide or staff. I think I'm going to use my $600 to send uh, something like 6 million spiders to Nancy Pelosi and <laughs> Cocaine Mitch. <laughs> oh, hell, I might have to donate to that. Fuck those two. Uh, all right. So how about our first cameo of the episode? Let's get into that right now. Let me double check my lineup so I don't, I don't want to play the wrong thing first. Okay, I have it right here. Okay, here's the first one. Hey, it's Santa Horse here to wish you a happy holidays from the IWTV Guide podcast. And I'm making my list. I'm checking it twice, trying to see who's naughty and who's nice. And it looks like Charlie and Jayhawk are on the naughty list. Well, you know, it is pretty nice being naughty, but they don't watch their act. It's going to be season's beatings for those two. Happy holidays, you sassy bitches. And always remember to keep ruling ass. I'm just going to assume that means I'm on the nice list. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and uh, tell me, Charlie Butter, is Warhorse still the independent wrestling champion? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, he is great, though. It is nice being naughty, so I'm not, I'm not going to argue. I do have a great with Santa Claus, though. Every year, I act that fat man for a glint of where the naughty girl glint, and every year, I don't get it. Like, I'm kind of getting pissed. How does your fiancé feel about that? <laughs> yeah, she, she doesn't know this, and she doesn't listen to the show. Well, I think I'm safe. Okay, so I should send her a letter about this this year. <laughs> Got it. All right. We have some concerns about your fiancé. <laughs> 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 she'll probably she'll probably she'll probably hear it just look at me and go act and walk away no oh man so i guess do we want to find out what's on iwtv this weekend sure i, I need to know what i'm gonna watch this well i'm super excited about something that's gonna be on christmas eve but let's talk sure, about so obviously we got it's gonna be with different schedule okay so i guess we'll what jump is, in on uh, what's what's santa jerry bringing us christmas this year <laughs> All right, so Wednesday, December 23rd at 7 p.m. Eastern, Limitless Wrestling, The Road Season 2, Episode 10, followed by at 10 o'clock, Paradigm Pro, UWFI Rules Contenders Series, Episode 1. Thursday, December 24th at 8 p.m. Eastern, Christmas Eve, Camp Leapfrog, Christmas Trios, and I'm super excited for that. I will be watching uh, in my Star Wars onesie with some hot cocoa can't wait and then saturday december 26th the day after christmas at 8 p.m eastern h2o wrestling nightmare after christmas and that's all that's on this weekend so it's a light schedule but uh definitely if you got the time check out the camp leapfrog christmas trios because that's going to be awesome yeah and uh check out that uwfi contendership series too because you're going to see some guys like big beef uh, the Deathmatch Samurai Akira all kind of stepping in to the UWFI rules for the very first time. And I, it'll, it'll be pretty interesting, I think. Most definitely. And with that, let's get to our second special Christmas announcement. Hello, you 
Yes, Dan Housen here. Dan Housen is here to tell the hosts of IWTV Guide, Charlie Butterhausen, how do you do? And Jay Arkhausen. Yes, Dan Housen says hi. Hello. Anyways, a very merry, very nice, very evil Christmas Housen and a happy holidays to everybody listening. Isn't that nice? Dan Housen wishes you the best, evilest times this holiday season and a good new year. Yes, anyways, love that Dan Housen. Goodbye. Thank you, Dan Housen. You're so you're so sweet. Yeah, very nice, very evil from Ring of Honor's newest tiny. Very pleased. Yes, may he get sacks of money and his blimp that he's been asking for all year long. Yeah, def- definitely get that Sinclair money. <laughs> Sinclair probably has it, don't they? Oh, yeah. I'm sure they're so. multimedia conglomerate. They gotta have a blimp somewhere. Yeah. Even if he can't get his own blimp, like at least let him ride in their new blimp. Like yeah, they have yeah, to have yeah. one. Let him let him share the blimp at least. <laughs> yeah, he just gets it for like half the time. Like any time Ring of Honor has a show now, he's just in the blimp riding around the day of. There you go. Let him know Ring of Honor's in town. Fucking ride the fucking blimp into town. <laughs> That'd be awesome. All, all I want, all I want for Christmas is an air fryer and Dan Halken, Ring of Honor TV champion. <laughs> that's uh, that's a pretty honest Christmas, honestly. I'm being realistic. Like, I doubt he's ever going to win the world title. He doesn't fit what the normal Ring of Honor style is, but I think TV title is reasonable. You never know, man. He could, they you could never make know. Him, they could make him world champion. I mean, they let Roosh be champion and PCO and uh, a lot of other guys like Matt Taven. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, if they let Matt Taven be ROA's world champion, they'll let anybody be ROA's world champion. They let Matt Taven rip one hour on pay per view. Shots fired. Dead. Shots fired. Dead. <laughs> I, I don't. God. I don't even. I don't even hate Matt Taven, but I call that regal and went really. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get into our review <laughs> before we do you get canceled. That out. <laughs> nah, it'll be fine. They're so, not going to hire me anyway. It's fine. I started taking notes on this, and I gave up after the second match. Cause it was so good. I just didn't want to be bothered taking notes while I was watching it and enjoying it. So, uh, I might just be going from some stuff from memory off the rest of the card, but I do have a few notes for the first, um, Jared, what can you tell us about the limitless vacation land cup 2020? Okay. So limitless wrestling presented the vacation land cup 2020 airing on December 19th on independent TV. From the American Veteran Hall in Yarmouth, Maine, the uh, Limitless Wrestling began in 2015. They have one championship, the Limitless Wrestling World Championship, first held by MJF, who lost it to Anthony Green. And the reason for this particular show is Anthony Green was forced to vacate the championship this summer uh, when he moved on to bigger and better things and became a contracted talent with World Wrestling Entertainment and with NXT. So we're going to have a tournament. Eight-man tournament to crown the new Limitless Wrestling World Champion. So this is uh, four singles matches and then a four-way elimination final. Uh, so let's jump into the opening match. Okay, we had Becca taking on Davian. And this started off pretty hot, too. Uh, Becca hits that super kick and almost got the three. That was that was right pretty good. Bat. Yeah, that's pretty good. She's only Becca has only been wrestling for eight months. She started this year in 2020, which is like a hell of a year to debut and like start wrestling. Yeah, great, great year you picked there to start wrestling. <laughs> but we've had so many, we've had so many shows this year. 
There's just been so many things that have happened. We haven't all been stuck in our homes for 10 goddamn months. <laughs> but hey, hey, she she did something with her pandemic. What did you boys do with your pandemic? I didn't do a goddamn thing. I hung out with you and drove uh, across two states to go to wrestling. And yes. um, yeah, I, I got a, a family care physician now. So, you know, I've, I've adulted a little bit and that's about it. Char- Charlie's Charlie, much like Becca has also been using this pandemic to better himself. <laughs> and then, and then there's me who's just on drugs now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm hey, on a drug hey, now hey, too. I'm high but... all the time. I, I, I used to be high on life. Yeah, I would well. see, I, I would see for the day. I had to start sneaking two, three days a week just to get the game bug. Yeah, <laughs> it's a vicious yeah. cycle. It really is. Um, I did. Yeah. I I did hang out with Summer and drive to Indianapolis for an AIW show. That was my, that was my pandemic. There you go. One show in ten goddamn months, and I work in this fucking business. Yeah, I'm not uh, bitter or anything. Anyway. Avian, uh, <laughs> picked up the win uh as i think it was actually colin delaney on twitter who pointed out uh that davian's gear was like hades inspired or something like that um either way it looked good she looked good this match is a very good way to start the show uh a little on the short side i think it's right around five minutes but a uh, good way to start yeah, the uh, show uh six minutes and 32 seconds Davian winning with the baseball fly jockey. She called Davy and your life. There you go. Right into the post. Yeah. I had a couple other notes on here too. Becca used a Muda lock with a, she had a real good bridge on it. It looked real nice. Uh, Davian had a, uh, choke slam that was fucking sick. Uh, at one point it literally just, it looked brutal. And then, uh, she hit a German that sent Becca halfway across the ring. Like it was gross. Like she hit this German and like I don't, the ring was smaller, but it's still like the, the visual of like her getting tossed. Like she, it was like a Brock Lesnar, like tossing a tiny human being, uh, across the ring. It was pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, I think I saw Davian the very, the very first time, uh, it was probably early 2019 on an ESW show. And like seeing her then, and seeing her now and how much she's just improved in basically a year and a half. And I don't even know if we can really even call it a year and a half because of this goddamn pandemic. Uh, <laughs> wear your fucking masks. <laughs> but just just how much she's improved in a very, very short time is extremely impressive. Um, yeah, the first, yeah. Time I re- first time I remember seeing her and I was impressed. I, I'd like to see more of her. If the government wants to put a tracking chip up your ass, you say thank you and move along. <laughs> I will hold you I down and put I that tracking I, chip in your arm myself at this point. Exactly. You're all I'm getting chips. Get over it. I'm not going to get the vaccine. It might have a microchip in it. You stay on your phone to hack a microchip in it. Many microchips record you, listens to you, gives you yep. targeted ads, tells them My where program. you're at at all times. Much like we do here at IWTV Guide. <laughs> yes, we're talking to you, Stephen. <laughs> All right, moving on to the first match of the of the tournament. It is Daniel Garcia taking on Lee Moriarty. Here, uh, here we so, go again. Yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, I, I do want to say it's a very nice touch, and it, it wasn't really there wasn't a cloak I made of it. But if you look at the entryway. They had a little podium cut up with a belt was at getting the entire show. Mm-hmm. Very, very nice touch for something like this. 
Yeah, it's always nice when, you know, they give you the visual of the belt, like, this is what everybody here is fighting for. Uh, so this match easily could have been a main event on any independent wrestling card anywhere else in the country. Um, and this is what we opened the tournament with. So you know it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as they announced this match, I was like, all right, I have to make sure I watch this show. Uh, this is the first time I've really actually sat and watched an entire uh, Limitless show. But, I mean, other than some of the road shows I've seen all of, but, like, they're actual show shows. Mm-hmm. This is the first one I think I've sat and watched all the way through. And uh, what a hell of a way to fucking start this tournament. You have two of the best young independent wrestlers in North America. You probably have the best young independent wrestler in North America in Lee Moriarty uh, versus the best wrestler in all of Buffalo, New York, and probably all of the Northeast in Daniel Garcia. Yeah, there come, there come great mat wrestling early. At one point, they get into the rope, and Garcia on the break kind of yeah, kind of kicked Lee Moriarty, and Lee Moriarty bowed up like, okay, motherfucker, it's on now. And then he calmed down a little bit. It's a great fucking arm. You can complain for a fucking arm breaker. Really uniquely how that was done. Uh-huh. Then we get then we get in the rope again, and this time it's more already with a little late hit on the break, and then it and then it fucking starts to break down, and it's fucking great. Yeah, this this goes from a technical wrestling clinic to a fight very very quickly between these two. Uh, I mean, I, I really don't know what else there is to say about this one. It's it's fucking fantastic. My favorite thing about this is usually when um, two guys are wrestling and they were, they're working on body parts. Um, Lee obviously worked on um, Daniel Garcia's arm and Daniel Garcia worked on Lee's knee. And a lot of the time it would be like, you know, they would be working on that on their, that joint or that body part. And then they would go and like run off the ropes and do all these crazy things and not sell that, these guys were selling it the entire time. Like they would jump off something and hit something. And then they would go like, they would instantly like sell when they, when they hit the, whatever they were trying to hit. And it like, I just, I really enjoyed watching that and seeing how like the little subtle things they did that made it seem like it just was more real than, you know, it normally is like, they just, they really sold things. Well, they told a story with those things and it was really good. There was, a really good counter sequence that uh, Lee got the better of. Um, Daniel Garcia like hit a front drop kick off the bat on the knee. At one point, they were kind of rolling around doing some stuff, and he went to do it again. And Lee actually dodged it and hit him with a stomp. That was awesome. Uh, that was and he called the fucking and he called the fucking leg when he hit that stomp yep, too. Yep, and it, yeah. and and that was and that, gift real heavy, and it just that was awesome. This match is stellar. It's it's a match of the year candidate coming in real real late. Uh, and, and not to get ahead of ourselves here, but even later in the night during the tournament uh, final Fatal 4-Way, Daniel Garcia is still selling his arm mm-hmm. from this match yeah. against Lee Moriarty. Yeah, just coming out to the ring to like try to climb up on the ropes, he like goes to grab and then he like winces and then he uses the other arm to get up into the ring. So, I mean, he's he kept that going, which was awesome to see. Like it's you don't there's a lot of people that they just don't do it or if they do it, it's not it's not enough in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, like, especially going, there are, go ahead, Charlie. I'm sorry. Just going later into like another match. Like, yeah, they'll like, once the match gets going, then they'll start like, Oh, you know, selling it a little bit more. And it's like, Oh, well that'll give the, you know, the cue to the, uh, people on commentary to, to talk about it. But it's like, he was doing it on his way to the ring and kept it up throughout. So I thought it was excellent. There are a lot of people who will talk about how uh, modern wrestling is bullshit. And a lot of it is, 
about not only this match, but a lot of the matches on this show, this is really what modern wrestling should be. Yes, they're doing a lot of the higher, uh, the higher impact stuff that you're seeing. Maybe, maybe you don't like some of that, but all throughout the show, the selling and the storytelling is fantastic throughout the entire show. Like, this is what modern wrestling should be, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, excellent match. I, I, <laughs> I can't think of anything else to say about it. Excellent match. Uh, and there Daniel was, Garcia picks up the win. Yep, there was, uh, there was one sweet move there where Gar- uh, Moriarty's work, uh, uh, Garcia working Moriarty's knee, trying to hit a couple of elbow drops, and he goes for one, and Moriarty countered that into a crock arm breaker. Like, I popped watching that. Yeah. Fantastic. And Garcia's uh, sharpshooter looked real good, too. I like how deep he, like, sunk it in and, like, leaned back on it. And uh, yep. that's real unique. I think I've really seen anybody do something like that. And the way he was just like wrenched on it like that was enough to get lead to tap. So it was good stuff. Real good stuff. The The finishing sequence in this match was real good, too. I couldn't tell who was going to win until it, it Lee literally tapped like it was. Uh, I was really surprised that he even tapped. So it was really it was really good. Yeah. Yeah. I lost track of how many near falls there were near the end of that match. It was back and forth. It was fantastic. We do get come backstage interview. And in between here, they interview Garcia, who put over Moriarty huge, and then kind of he hoped Christian Cacanova makes the final. And they were supposed to have a number one contender match before the title became vacant, and he felt like that should have just been the title match anyway. Mm-hmm. And then we get an interview from Moriarty after that, where he puts over how tough Garcia was, and kind of he hoped he'd come back to Limitless again. So from right. there, we move on to our next first-round match. It is the aforementioned Christian Cacanova taking on CJ Crew. All right. Uh, before this match, were either of you guys familiar at all with CJ Cruz? Not, I was not. Yeah, not really. But Casanova, I've seen once or twice, but I've not, not seen Cruz. Yeah, I've seen Caf- Casanova a bunch, especially this year. Uh, Team Rainbow Driver, let's go. Uh, um, but see, this is my first time really seeing CJ Cruz, and I think he really, he really, like, Casanova is always impressive, no mm-hmm. matter what he does. You've probably seen him on Uncharted Territory, you've seen him on other Limitless shows. You've probably seen him at the collective. Uh, this is the first time I think a lot of people are seeing CJ Cruz, and I think he, I think he really shined. I really do. Yeah, he was a last minute entry because somebody got hurt. I did. I don't think they ever announced who he was replacing, but he replaced somebody very late. So he wasn't even supposed to be in the tournament initially. Uh, one note I do have is that he's deceptively athletic. He's a guy who doesn't look like he's in that good of shape, and I'm not knocking him for that. I, I, I can say the same thing about Dusty Rhodes, one of the greatest of all time. So I'm not currently not knocking that at all. But this guy can this guy can move. He's a bigger dude. He can move. Yeah, I'm very impressive. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I I always like an athletic big man, someone who can go out there and be like, you, when you first look at him, it's like, all right, what's this guy going to do? And then all of a sudden, he starts really popping up some athletic stuff. I think it's probably my favorite trope in all of wrestling. <laughs> uh, probably. Yeah, Kakanova hit the kick at one point. They kind of like break danced into, which was, I mean, it looked cool, but it was one of the things like you couldn't just do a normal kick in the head. No, you got to have I that swag, like, man. I feel like the flash that Casanova puts on a lot of this stuff is very important to uh, kind of him and his character. I, I feel like Christian Casanova has a very unique presentation to him. And I'm not just saying this because he's a friend. I'm not just saying this because I absolutely adore the guy. But he's got this very unique presentation to him. He's not like a lot of other independent wrestlers. You know, he, he has a character. He has, you know, he has a very specific moveset. He has names for all his moves, which I really appreciate it. Wrestlers, please name your moves more than what just whatever they're called. It makes the moves feel all that more special. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Christian Casanova does win this one. Uh, first hitting the dirty Diana and then into the sucker kick, 
which again, named as his moves. It's fantastic. I love Christian Casanova. <laughs> yeah, I've seen him a couple different times, and this this match uh, for both guys really impressed me. Um, I thing with Christian Casanova is like you said, there's, you said a lot of good positive things to me. Um, I always saw him as very athletic, but nothing really stood out to me. Like I, for, for the first couple times I saw him this time, I really enjoyed what he did. And like the story kind of going into this tournament and like how he's supposed to have that number one contender match. And he wants to make it to the finals cause he wants to fight, um, Daniel Garcia. And I, I think that's like, uh, that was, interesting to me and like it made me kind of want to see him win to see what would happen later on when they met so uh this actually uh made me a real big fan of him and like you said like him already having moves named and all that kind of stuff it's like okay cool like now i know what to look out for when this next match like what he's going to try to hit when he's doing his stuff so i thought that was real cool okay i want to put the commentary team over a little bit a little bit in this one as well we had kind of, we had kind of rotating commentary between John Alba, Randy Carver, and Johnny Torres. Only two to three in every match, but they were all making a match throughout the show. Uh, they do a very good job here, especially early on, but they're putting over not only crew here like a last-minute replacement, but he and Kakanova had actually trained together. So they knew each other very well from training, had not had a lot of matching against each other, because that kind of played into the dichotomy of this match as well. And mm-hmm. I, I, that was a very nice touch of them throwing that in. Oh, yeah, agreed. Uh, the commentary team did a fantastic job. Yes. That's like one of the... I've been noticing more and more uh, with wrestling shows, like when commentary is just like the draws and when they're like decent and then when they're really good. And there's a handful of um, commentary teams that really work super duper well. I know we got a couple in the Midwest and in the South. And I think this team up here uh, in Maine just works super well together. And uh, I didn't notice anything that really bothered me about anything that they did they they were on point they are informative that's exactly what i want out of a commentary team they told the story of what was going on in the match i thought everything was great nothing stood out to me that was bad really um so props to them i think that they did an excellent job with this uh i will say um i'm trying to think here it almost felt like the commentary um audio was maybe a little bit off um but I don't think that was any fault of theirs. That was more of a, just like a, probably a post-production issue, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like post-production or just the equipment they were working with. And I'm never going to knock it when like in the company, when it comes to stuff like that, uh, especially when, you know, the circumstances we're all dealing with right now, mm-hmm. they're not normal circumstances. So, I, I mean, all things considered, I think the commentary team did a fantastic job on this show. Now the overall, yeah production on everything was great like uh it's what i've come to expect from limitless and um i really enjoyed everything so i think that that's uh they're on game like their their game is on point with a lot of that stuff so that was like my one little note um for that but i it didn't bother me enough to like not enjoy the show or that put me off completely from what they were doing like they still did a stellar job yeah, yeah it, 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 it bothered me so little that I didn't even notice, which is which is saying a lot, too. Uh, but and, and like the old Kango, though, your your commentary team really almost the most important part of your show. If you have television or if you have a streaming curve like this, good commentary can make a bad match good and a good match great. And then when you have a bunch of good matches, it turns into a bunch of great matches. When you have a bunch of great matches, it can turn into holy shit, this show. Yeah. Which, yeah, this uh, definitely uh, was. Yeah, this show was stellar like it just kept getting better and better as the matches kept going so yeah 
Uh, last year, I feel like my my show of the year, which ended up being AIW, uh, Baby, It's Too Cold Outside, came in right at the last moment of the year. And once again, I feel like my show of the year has come out right like in the dying days of the year with this Vacation Land Cup. Uh, this show completely just blew me away. Can't come after, come after the match, we get some pre-match interview with our... Uh, actually, I'm, I'm a little bit ahead of my cough. And then uh, and the, we get an interview from Kakanova afterwards. Where he's happy he won the match, and he's also glad the Garkia advanced because he won that match as well. Mm-hmm. Nice touch there. Happy with that. We go to our next tournament match, and it is J.D. Drake against Kevin Blackwood. And another great story being told here. They told about the momentum Drake had leading up at the beginning of the year. And then the pandemic hit, and all of a sudden, Evolve is no longer a thing. And his, his partner in Evolve, Anthony Green, has moved on to other things. So J.D. Drake kind of on his own. He kind of languishing a little bit and can't go work a lot. And then you got Blackwood on the rise. It really hit for big limitless show. And then a big spot in a tournament like that. Yeah. Uh, again, it's another really great story. Uh, and you have two wrestlers who I really feel like they definitely made 2020 their year. But I feel like without the pandemic, these two would both be even further along than they are currently. Uh, J.D. Drake is probably one of the best big men working in the Indies right now. Uh, I mean, between like him and Calvin Tankman, that's probably your one and two when it comes to big guys on in the Indies. And Kevin Blackwood, uh, I mean, he's been on AEW Dark this year. He's, you know, we, we talked about him and great match he had back in January with uh, Brandon Thurston at ESW uh, Shipwrecked on Ando Island. And I feel like every time I see Kevin Blackwood, which is uh, very frequently, uh, he just gets better and better and better, uh, which is uh, amazing to say because he's already very good. But I feel like if you even to give it another year or so, Kevin Blackwood's going to be one of those guys we talk like the way we talk about Lee Moriarty right now will probably be the way we're talking about Kevin Blackwood at this time next year. Yeah, he um, for this match. I, 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 the matches we had seen from him before, like I was kind of 50 50 on him. Like I could take him or leave him. Uh, this match actually made me a fan of him as well. I thought this match, uh, you know, played into both their strengths. JD Drake, uh, his finish that he used in this match to, to win the match was like, I was like, holy shit. Like that was an awesome finish. Um, mm-hmm. this was, this was a really like, if this match went by super quick and it was, I mean, it was almost like what, 11 minutes. And, but it just, it felt like it was yeah, like it was two same. or three. It was, it, it, I was like, holy shit, this match was like, uh, it was real, real good. Yeah. That's, and I think that's another teachable thing. Like you can have a match that is, you, I'm trying to figure out how to put this. You can have a match that is just about the same, you know, length as all the other matches on the card. Cause I feel like all the matches on this card are right around 10, uh, 10 minutes. I mean, minus like the tournament final and the one tag team match later, I think they're all about tennis show. Um, but when you, you know, when you're constantly moving, when you're constantly just go, 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 it's going to make a match go feel a lot quicker than it actually is, which is not a bad thing mm-hmm. at all. It's really not just like how, you can cram so much into a shorter match that it feels longer, you, you know, just by, you know, taking a 10 minute match and just go, 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 go. You can have a match that feels like it just got started. And again, that's not a bad thing. I, I actually, I argue it's a good thing. I, I, my, I would perfectly prefer, prefer a match go 10, 12 minutes and go, wow, that was that long. It didn't feel that long. 
then be a 10 minute match and be a 20 minute match and go, God, that felt like an hour. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent. Any, any day of the week. I woke okay, my favorite spot of the entire show. It's done here. And, it, and he dug it again in the final fucking Drake throwing Blackwood into the rope. How kind of ring him with the forearm on the way down. Yes. Oh I, my I, God. I, I, I think I scared my son. I call that spot and went, Oh, and he was like, what happened? Like guy just got killed. Which, which, which he believed because he just saw a guy get murdered on pay per view two nights ago. Yeah. Uh, so actually, my favorite, probably one of my favorite spots in the entire show, uh, is in the next match. Uh, I guess we should say JD Drake did win the match against Kevin Blackwood. Uh, the with next the match bit. with the drill bit is what it was called. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That move is sick. And, uh, I, I actually tweeted at him and was like, that move is awesome. Like, I, I, I popped big for that finish. Um, all right, let's get in this next match because this match was really fun. And, um, <laughs> there was a spot that, uh, I, I again screamed when this happened and laughed like a, uh, small child when I saw this. It was, it was the pounce, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, it, it was. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, okay. Well, let, let, let's get to that in a second here. We've got the other semifinal match. And it's Alex Price taking on Ace Romero. Of course, Ace Romero has been on impact quite a bit this year. Uh, he's actually one of the most active guys in the entire tournament. Alex Price is a guy I've seen once or twice. Definitely a lot of potential. And this is a very good big man versus little man match. And oh, can, yeah. I just, can I just say, it, it, is a, it is a crime that Ace Romero is a train every day for a fucking year and not be able to do 95% of the shit Ace Romero does in a ring. Like, it pisses me off. It he's he's an anomaly of nature in that a man that large shouldn't be able to do half the things he does or move the way he does but he is this he's just some freakish super athlete like like don't ever let ac romero's size fool you that man is a super athlete and he will fucking run circles around you okay so very again very good big man little man match worked very smartly uh, you do get you do get Price trying to ground Romero and trying to wear him down with sleeper holes and things like that, and then we get the pal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> holy shit! Th- this move looked really freaking good. Price ends up hitting the rope awkwardly on the way out, hitting his leg on the top rope going down. He is screaming when he hits the floor to the point. Is he just telling, or is he really fucking hurt? And then uh, by the well, time you get to the ring, you see the big welt on the back of his leg. Like he was really fucking hurt, and just gotten through it. Yeah, he's uh. Here's the thing, I, I don't think the human body is meant to go airborne like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel no, like it's really it's, not. I feel like it's a shock to the entire system when all of a sudden you realize you're flying because humans don't, ladies and gentlemen, humans don't fly. We are, we don't have wings. Our we bones are, aren't hollow. We are two feet. We are, it's, yeah, we are, our bones aren't hollow. We don't have wings. Our feet belong on the ground at all times. Yeah. So we when regard- another man hits you so hard that you are no longer standing on two feet and you find yourself flying, you're, you're probably not having that great of a night. Yeah. Contrary to what Douglas Adams might've wrote in one of his book, <laughs> human beings do not know how to fly. <laughs> AC Romero though. AC Romero has figured out the secret to human flight. <laughs> yeah. Hit, hit, hit a motherfucker as hard as you can. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, and then that one, it's not too long after that, Romero hit the sleeper duplex on Frank, and I'm I'm even screaming for just stop the fucking thing. <laughs> like if Frank is not winning the title, just stop it. Audible. What the hell? Yeah. 
But, but I'm glad he but, didn't yeah, because I was, I was just about to say, but <laughs> a couple of surprise kicks from Prank, he gets the pin in about twelve minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And Romero cut a great promo after the match. Yeah, talking about how I uh, he he can't figure out how he uh, he was the guy when the company started for anybody wanted to work there, and all of a sudden he doesn't know how to be the guy. Everybody else comes in and they're the guy now. Great promo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and I feel like that's always been a really underrated part of AC Romero's game. Like everyone's ever always really known him as like the big dude who can do these amazing things. He's always been a great promo guy. AC Romero's always been a great promo guy. It's probably why uh, Impacts first really looked at him and like, oh hey, we've got something. Let's put this guy on our weekly TV because AC Romero can talk too. And I feel like that's it's really a skill that I feel like is almost it's not lost on wrestling today because there are still some great promo guys. I mean, obviously, you got guys like Eddie Kingston, uh, etc. But especially like on an independent level, there's guys who can do it and there's guys that can't. And AC Romero very much falls into the category of guys who can. Oh, absolutely. Prank also dug a post-match interview. He gets act flat out how the leg can affect him in the final. Can he just limp off? Yeah. Which I thought was a great touch. Like, ah, I'm not going to dignify that with a question. Fuck you. Like, <laughs> exactly. But we got to give the guy kind of tremendous time to rest. And we're going to have some tag team action. And it is going to be the prestige team of uh, BRG and Channing Thomas taking on the Beverage Baron of Puff and Megabyte Ronnie. Hot Dog uh, Ronald. Hot dog Ronald. Yeah, yeah. I'm go. I'm going to. I'm going to say it. I know I'm going to piss Young Ned off by saying it. I don't get Megabyte Ronnie gimmick. Like, okay, you eat hot dog. You're a hot dog eating champion. Fantastic. What does that have to do with wrestling? Huh. I mean, he drops the elbow with a hot dog, and I think that's genius. I think that's lots genius. Um, and that, that, be, that being said, he's really he's really good in this match. Like the match is fun. He's good in it. Like I, I don't have any issue with his work. I just don't get to get it. Jared, what does anything have to do with wrestling? Let's let's think about this. Uh, there's space demons. There's there's Vikings and war horses and all kinds of craziness. What what's it got to do with wrestling? It's entertainment, man. Calm down. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not it works for him. He pour, he 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 is over. And I am man enough to admit that if I don't get something but at work, okay. Yeah, I'm not. I don't live in Louisville, Kentucky. I can admit when something I don't like work. <laughs> oof, oof. I say that like a fan of Ted Perkins in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, uh, we get the annual uh, December tradition of Puff and anybody teaming with Puff coming out to Mariah Carey uh, and Santa Puff. Can we just talk about how long he leaves that beard on for? He leaves that beard on for a long time. <laughs> can, can we talk about that being a retail worker? As soon as they came out to that song, I'm like, okay, these guys are the fucking heel. I don't care who the ref one. <laughs> I am so goddamn sick of hearing that song eight million times every goddamn December. Shut the fuck up, Mariah Carey. Can yep. I can I let you guys in on a little bit of a secret? Before this match, I had not heard that song all year. Same. The, I, I've only I've only really heard like bits and pieces only because people are bitching about that song specifically once like Thanksgiving was over. So yeah, it literally but people I, are I, like, oh, this song already, and it's like, well, you're the one that's playing it. Like I haven't heard it any yeah. other time, but when you played it, so yeah, I've I've avoided it all year. Like, yeah, I, 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 somehow, I wish I could avoid it. <laughs> yeah, I've somehow avoided that song all year. I've avoided a lot of Christmas music this year, and I'm not mad about it. I'm really not. <laughs> uh, the one song I've been able to, uh, not, you know, I'm not going to put that out in the universe and then I'll hear it non-stop the next day. <laughs> Fuck it. Nope, not doing it. Yeah. So this match was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, you had the usual antics of Puff and Megabyte 
um, you know, going into the heel team here. Uh, I'm, I'm not really familiar with Prestige, admittedly, um, but uh, you know, I, I think they had a very good showing here. I, this was a really, really fun tag team match. I will say that um, it's pretty sad when my standard for tag teams is that they have matching gear because we get so many teams that are just thrown together that just don't match and don't work together. Yeah. So as soon as I see that they have matching gear, I'm like, Oh, these guys probably aren't too terrible. And usually that's pretty correct. If you have matching gear, you usually aren't horrible when it comes to tag team. Yeah, wrestling, usually, so. usually you guys have at least a little bit of like, uh, some sort of tag team chemistry. Right. It's usually it's usually a good sign. Yeah. Yeah, and they did some good they did some good teamwork throughout the match. Once they got Mega Bite Ronnie, yeah, yeah, into the match, and then they do the Cardinal skin. They take off Ronnie Fanny Pack. They take a hot dog out of that Fanny Pack and they stomp on it. What heels? What they evil get. evil heels? Commentary put the over like Eve eating the apple in the Garden of Eden. Like they they they, they put over hard how horrible this was. I mean, it might as well have been. It and and Jayhawk shows his age once again with that reference. <laughs> I, 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 I show my age with the Bible. The Bible. <laughs> his reference to the Bible, Charlie. Yes. Goddamn boomer. We're really getting canceled. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I mean, when Kane killed Abel, I was on the jury. But that's not neither here nor there. <laughs> I, feel like I, I feel like I bring out the worst in you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just... Uh, see, the original concept for this show was heenan and gorilla monsoon so we pick at each other we haven't done it a ton since we kind of switched over to iwtv guide but every once in a while it comes out during shows when jared just like has an off the wall like something that only an old person would say moment and i have to pick at him for it because it's just he's we're just older at this point and it's just funny to pick at him because he's like Oh, like what was the the one thing when you said Fabio that I caused more WAP than Fabio? And I'm like, fucking Fabio, dude. Like, what is this like a early night? Like, it's so early nineties. I'm like, no, that's not a thing anymore. Like, there's so many other people. Like Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth could have been one. The thing, like, the thing, is, the thing, is, the thing is, when I first thought of the line, it was going to be Chris Hemsworth. And then we started recording. I couldn't remember his name for the life of me. And Fabio was the first thing that popped up. I just rolled with it at that point. <laughs> Sounds like early onset Alzheimer's to me. <laughs> I, I, I've, been, I've been in the bit 15 years. You're taking a lot of shots to the head. Charlie had to drive me home from a few shows where I've gotten them. There you go. He hasn't gotten so the brain worms that. yet, though. Like he's he's avoided those so far. Yeah, well, <laughs> you get those you get those from talking to certain people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all. We'll, so that's all we'll say about that. <laughs> if your skin looks like that of a hot dog, and you talk with this yeah. person quite often, you may get brain worms. Yeah. All right. Uh, Beverage Barons win. Yes. Uh, it's a fun little match here. Yeah. Go. The finish comes when Santa Puff reaches into his bag of goodie, take out a bunch of stuff that that even the commentators are like, how did he get that? <laughs> and then he ends make a bite, Ronnie, a package that happens to have another hot dog in it. And then we get the hot dog elbow for the pen. Yep. Fun match. elbow and professional wrestling. <laughs> uh, I think the Prestige played really good heels here. Uh, it, it really is a very basic tag team match, but you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I I've gone on the record many times by saying how much I love tag team wrestling. Uh, this match was a lot of fun. Prestige attack the beverage Baron after the match. And we get the main street Ponky coming out to make the cave. And that leads us right into our next match where the main street Ponky t- main, st- I keep main street main state Ponky 
I did like writing my notes too. I got crossed out like straight like eight times. Wow. <laughs> main state pocky against team Keystar. Which one's I keep Pete Gas? Street, I keep getting Mean Street Pocky and Main State Pocky mixed up when I'm fucking talking about it. Which which off. one's Pete Gas? Hmm? Which one? Uh, Danger Gas. Danger Gas. <laughs> yeah, Aiden, Aiden, Aiden Angra would be Rodney, and they haven't they haven't found a, a Joey Ab yet. Come they on. haven't found him yet. They're they're working on it. Um, one of the the things that the pandemic took from me personally is that ESW had uh, to Infinity and Beyond and the main state posse booked against each other. And that's a match I haven't gotten the chance to see yet. I'm upset. COVID has ruined my entire life. But what if, what if they got added and this was a triple threat tag team match? Because I'd like to see them against the C stars as well. So, uh, that match did happen and it was really, really good. Well, I want to um, see uh, the triple threat now. So do I, uh, <laughs> if you're listening, limitless, uh, book that please. Please, we're begging you. Main State Posse, Sea Stars, and to Infinity and Beyond. Pretty please. It's all we want for Christmas. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, this match fucked. Yeah. This yeah. match fucked, guys. Yeah, this, was, this was really good. This was the longest match tonight. It's 17 minutes. It is really good. Uh, this is Aiden Agro's first match back after a shoulder injury. He missed most of the pandemic injured anyway. And he hurt himself. Hit going for a cartwheel elbow early in the match. So the shoulder went up being the target of the guitar most of the match. Yeah, I, I really liked the that whole you know thing of like, yeah, we're going to take... Everyone knows he's been hurt, so that's going to be the body part we work over. I understand sometimes that can be risky, but I, you know, I feel like it makes for a more compelling story of the match. Um, these are two of the best tag teams going today. Uh, as soon as this match was announced, I kind of figured it would be good. Uh, but somehow it just blew away all my expectations. Um, yeah. Yeah. We get the hot, we get the hot tag and the match goes like six or seven minutes after that, which normally I hate, but this was so good. I couldn't hate that. They, they, they oh, did yeah. a lot of really cool shit when it broke down. The finish yeah. comes, finish comes when team key star cut up for more key for your star. Aggro grabs Ashley Vox's foot on the outside and that allows danger kid to get a crucifix onto Echo for the win at at the 17 minute and nine second mark. Really good shit. Yeah, I mean, this might be slightly controversial because Daniel Garcia and Lee Moriarty was so 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 good in the finals. They're really 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 good. This was my match of the entire night. You could I'm, say I'm, it's your tag team I'm, match I'm, of the I'm night. I'm putting Moriarty. <laughs> yeah, I'm putting Moriarty and Garcia above it, but it's very close. Actually, my match of the night is the next match that happens. Uh, this match. Coming up was awesome, and uh, I popped like get, eight or nine times. Get to that, before we get to that, let's make a brief note of the post match promo where the main state Ponky put over Team Team Star Huge, and then ask Limitless Wrestling, hey, we got all these great tag teams. Where are our titles? Yeah. And I want to see that tournament. Titles. I want to see that tournament. Book it. Vacation yeah. League Cup 2021 Tag Team Title Tournament. Do it. Main state Posse, C Stars, uh, The Prestige, To Infinity and Beyond, Violence is Forever. Uh, PME, PME, Bear Country. Um, start yelling more tag team. <laughs> the and, North. And if we keep yelling out <laughs> tag team. That the group to be there. We have the show will never go off the air. Fair. Okay. Now it's time. So now we get. Now we get the. Now we get the match. We, it takes two hours to get a hot fight, and it's fucking great. <laughs> I love this fucking match. Dude, this match this was match so much. Yes, this match fucked hard. This was the shit right here this is 
my match of the night. I fucking loved everything about this match. Uh, and if you have not seen big beef in person, he is the most intimidating, intense motherfucker. When he comes through that curtain and also the most kindest, nicest guy that I've uh, got to speak with after a show. But when the intensity is on, he's a completely different person. It is fucking scary when he flips that switch. Like it is almost uncomfortable to be in the area around the ring near him because you don't know what the fuck he's going to do. It's like that. It's wow. And he starts off just whipping, um, rip bison. Yeah. Rip bison into the fucking turnbuckle that they, they brawl around the ringside before the bell even rings. Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, they, uh, they were they were on the floor a full five minutes before they got in the ring, and the spot to get into the ring was freaking Big, Big Beef was in the ring. He kept cutting off Bacon before he finally couplexed him into the ring. Then the bell rang. Then he got a two count. Yeah. And honestly, if the match would have ended there, it would have been a three second match, and it would have been the best fucking three second match I've ever goddamn seen. Like they actually, yeah. I, I would I would have popped for it at that point. Go fucking good before that. Uh, so I know what I said earlier about JD Drake and Kevin Blackwood. Uh. Big Beef might be in the running for, like, COVID wrestling MVP. Because every single goddamn show Beef has been on, he has stolen the show. There have been bigger, better matches announced on paper, and then Beef's match hits, and it's arguably the best match of the night every single fucking time. He had an amazing match with Levi Everett at fucking Black Label Pro. Again, at Black Label Pro, he had a great match, uh, him and Mickey Knuckles. Uh, against Hatfield and McCoy. Uh, Beef had a fucking fantastic match. Again, at Black Label Pro in the Bad Motherfucker Scramble at the Collective. Beef is fucking... He's that dude. And he's that fucking good. He might be one of the best big men going right now. You know, this dude's fantastic. And again, like Charlie said, one of the nicest, sweetest dudes to talk to at the merch table. I love Beef so much. He's once sold me some... Uh, let's call them... Uh, treats with some questionable things and that i'm not gonna say on air but i very much enjoyed them space treats <laughs> and that's all and that's space treats and that's all i'm gonna say about it and they were yeah. good they were good <laughs> okay i'm gonna tell you exactly how, how my notes read for the read for this match take over two hours get a hot fight and it starts on the floor after five minutes beef couplex and bacon into the ring and the match starts god damn this be fucking great like style tombstone in 732 that's all i wrote for this match yeah, this thing was fucking amazing. Yeah, if you can go out of your way to watch this match and watch this whole card, but this match is like, oh, it's just going to be, you know, right before the main event, it'll be whatever. And this was holy fuck. After this match, I'm like, the main event can't get any better than this. So I'm just going to enjoy the main event. But goddamn, this match was. Oof, oof. There, there's the idea in wrestling that you put your cool down match before you <laughs> right. bring the crowd, kind of bring the crowd back down before the main limitless wrestling said fuck that (laughs) well i think that they thought on paper ah this will be all right this you know this isn't gonna go too crazy and big beef was just like no we're not doing that this is gonna be crazy here you go you got me here fucking this up the words not crazy are not in beef's vocabulary Uh, well, I mean, one one upon a time, the thought of the opening match was, okay, people are still coming in the building, so just throw anything fucking out there. And now the opening match gets the tone of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think we're going to get that point right now 
out leaped outside of corporate wrestling where the cooldown match no longer thing of the past. The main the semi main is actually gonna be the match that gear that building that crowd up that last time before they before they peak for the main. Yeah. And I'm okay with that trend. Oh yeah. I I'm definitely okay with it, especially if we're getting more fucking matches like this. Yeah, there was uh there's so much brutality in this match and it just I had a, the biggest smile on my face and was just giddy with everything that was happening. I was like, this is so much fun. This is this yeah. is wrestling right here. This is what just takes me out of everything else going on in my life. And it was just this match and just enjoying the shit out of it. And this was everything. This is great. And, uh, yeah. I, I can't recommend so checking this out enough. Yeah. And we're, we're gushing about big beef a lot. Rip Bison fucking holds his own in this match. Yes. He is equally, he is equally part of the fucking fantastic carnage that happens during this match. First time I've uh, seen it, him it, and I'd like to see him again because he definitely held yeah. his own in this and uh it couldn't have been a better opponent against beef they mixed excellent i mean they mixed so well and i think you could take this match on the road and and run it anywhere in any territory and it would have been a huge hit absolutely i'm, I'm god right. i hope they do i hope they do i'm getting it right now best of 99 here first to 50 win fucking book it <laughs> let's do it <laughs> Don't do it in the same company the entire time. Mix it up, mix it up. Got different audience. Oh, yeah. see it, but oh, absolutely. Bet the, the ninety nine. Travel it around. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. It's time. It's time for the uh, main event. The main event. The fatal or the four way eliminator for the Limitless Wrestling Championship. Daniel Garcia, Christian Kakanova, JD Drake, and Alec Craig. We hinted at it earlier on. You had Garcia favoring the shoulder, trying to do hit entrance. Prank in favor of the leg, trying to during hit entrance. Although I don't think he had a choice. And then Prank actually starts the thing off hot. Like, couldn't the bell ring? He can control. He laid all three guys out. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he gets triple teamed. Well, and they're all like, fuck you. Would you yeah, agree? When, when you start the match taking out everybody, you have to know there's a receipt coming eventually <laughs> to where all three of them are going to look at you and go, you know what? Fuck you. And, uh, well, that's indeed what happened. Yeah. Then they go. Then they go out to the floor. Drake the Drake tried to do that spot from the first match. He was in on all three guys where he go for the forearm. But the third time around, Kakanova actually he could come in and get into the ring to avoid it. And then and then at this point everything was go fast and go fast paint. I couldn't keep up with it. Why well, didn't even try to take up notes and from finishing? Because you couldn't keep up with it. Yeah, it's it's four guys just going balls to the wall for what I think is around 15 minutes. Yep. And it, it makes for a great fucking main event. Yeah, Drake go Drake hit the moon call on Kakanova, but he favored his knee and that gives Prank enough time to get the roll up uh, to, to, for the pin to eliminate Drake. Yep. Yeah. Garcia can't get Prank to tap out, but he does continue to ground and pound until the referee had forced to uh, stop the match on a TKO. I, then, I always love fucking like TKO referee stoppage finishes. I think they're some of my favorite finishes in wrestling when the ref just decides, yep, we're done here. <laughs> yeah. And then we get the match that everybody wanted to see anyway. We get Garcia and Kakanova. They go about eight minutes just by themselves. It is fucking great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Garcia, especially killing that shoulder, like even when he got offense, like he, yeah, he has, he has to stop going for move because he can't hold the guy up with the shoulder. Yep. Uh, at one point goes for the one arm pile driver. Yes. And hits it, which holy shit, like that, that got a huge pop out of me. Like I was like, oh my oh, God, that's yeah, amazing. I thought that was, I thought that was the finish. Yeah. I, I legitimately thought that was going to be the finish. Kakanoa finally dug win the championship. He hit the dirty Diana, then go up to the top rope for the Kaka kick, get the pin 15 minutes and 37 seconds. Great match. I do want to see the one-on-one match between the guy where both guys come in quote unquote healthy. Yeah. And give them 20 minutes and let them go. It's, 
it's not often I say this because I genuinely generally don't like this style of match, but let these two have like a 30 minute Iron Man match. I, I, I usually do not like the Iron Man match. Let these two go for 30 minutes in an Iron Man match. Not 60. 60 is always a little excessive, but let them go for 30 and just let these two go balls to the wall on each other. And I guarantee you that will be magical. Well, I tell you, I don't normally like multi-man matches anyway, but this is really fucking good. A part of it, part of it, it is elimination style. Yeah, I always, I always hate the first fall win because I don't like, especially in title matches. I don't like the fact you can lose the title or lose the title match without being without being beat. That drives me nuts. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's it can be useful under certain circumstances, but you know, I think the elimination style for a title match, especially a vacant title, makes a lot more sense. Any last thoughts on this match, Charlie? Uh, I mean, this match was great, and uh, I, it, it was all, it was poetic that it came down to those two, and then the final, and uh, you know they had their own kind of one-off match there. I thought it was great. This was excellent. The show a show overall was uh, absolutely worth the time. I'm glad uh, we last minute switched it up and decided to to go with this. It, it proved to be um, a great watch and worth the time. Yeah, this one is like as soon as I don't remember if we decided right before or during the show. I, I feel like it might have even been during the show. I was it like, was, no, we got we got to cover we got to cover this one. It's too good. We can't just not talk about this show. It went before, but it went day of. Yeah, All it right. was like maybe four or five hours before because I was thinking about watching it. And I looked at the lineup and I'm like, you know what? This lineup is going to beat what we were going to review, which we won't talk about because uh, we're going to end up yeah. doing that company later on. And we're going to do another show uh, when we have orange on again. So, yep. but yeah, we decided that this, this card beats that card and we're going to go with this. Uh, even though we have done limitless prior with their weekly show, I wanted to do a full on event and this was the one I wanted to do. And I'm glad we did it. Cause this is awesome. Yeah, this this honestly might be my 2020 show of the year for sure. Coming, like I said, just like last year for 2019, my show of the year comes right at the final hour to where some company is like, fuck it, year end, we're just going to throw out a fucking banger of a card and a banger indeed. And that's why, why I hate when match of the year voting starts in December. Yeah. There's always something in December that the girl to be mentioned and never gets mentioned because the voting already halfway done, if not completely done. Right. There's three or four matches that could have legitimately made the independent TV award nominee on the show if, if it would have oh, taken absolutely. place in November. Absolutely. If this card happens in November, there's like four matches on this card that probably all get match of the year consideration. It's that good, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Stop what you're doing. Go watch this show. Well, finish listening to this and then go watch that show. These boys need the numbers. Just, you know. I, I get a little bit of a kickback if it does certain <laughs> numbers. So, so tell your friends. All right. So friends. are we going across the board? Thumbs up. Oh, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. absolutely. That, uh, that may be, that, that could, if my favorite show we've done, it's my second favorite. It's right up. It's right up there. Yeah. This is, this show has been, was fantastic. It's the top to bottom left to right. Well, I, I think we're ready for, Oh, wait a second. Uh, Last minute, man. I got I got one special surprise for you guys. Okay. This is Nick fucking Gage. I want to wish a merry motherfucking Christmas to the host of IWTV God Podcast. I'm talking about Crazy Charlie and Jayhawk. 
Merry motherfucking Christmas. And everybody out there listening to that fucking podcast, I'm going to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. But the motherfuckers who don't listen to that podcast, listen up, motherfuckers. You better start listening to that shit. If not, I'm going to hunt you fucking down with a weapon in my hand. And I'm going to create violence like I do best. So start listening to that podcast called God Podcast on IWTV, motherfuckers. Shout out to my boy Charlie. Shout out to Jayhawk. Merry Christmas, motherfuckers, and happy holidays around the motherfucking world. MDK off fucking day. Free my boy 2-6. Let him out of prison. Back to his family. <laughs> Dude, can you do me a can you do me a favor? What? Can me the link can me the link to that? Well, I can put that up on our fucking YouTube page. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need be it that be it that is the fucking commercial and all commercial. We need to get that fucking out thing out there. No, no one, no one can quite put it like the king himself, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was uh, I. I got that done, and I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm not going to tell anybody what that is, and I just <laughs> I had to keep that in the back pocket because it was just so good. And I was like, this is going to be, yeah. this is going to be it, man. This is that was that was good. Thank you, Nick Gage. Was- Thank you, Dan Housen. Thank you, Warhorse. I was wondering why we didn't have a Nick Gage segment this week, not explaining it. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I, I was really tossing around, like, do I pretend like it's just a normal segment? Do we lead off with him as the surprise? And I was like, no, nah, I got to save him for last. You got to save the surprise. So, all right. So let's get these plugs in and uh, take it home, guys. Uh, Orange, you got any all plugs? Right. Go or- uh, right now, just follow me on Twitter at Orange Placity. Uh, I don't have much going on right now. I finally let the pandemic catch up to me, and I'm just a sad boy all the time. But I tweet uh, drunkenly a bunch, uh, and I'm told that's pretty entertaining. Uh, so go follow me on Twitter. Jayhawk? Okay, uh, I've, I've, I've changed a couple of my handles around. I'm trying to get them all to be the same thing, but a couple of them won't let me change it. And I'm kind of pissed. But uh, follow me Facebook and Instagram at Jayhawk1539 like normal. Uh, the new handle on Twitter and on Twitch, Ref Jayhawk at Ref Jayhawk. Go check check me out there. And uh, the newest project on Fire Pro on Twitch is going to start probably tomorrow, maybe in a couple of days from now. Uh, but I'm going to do the Ultimate World Title Tournament on Twitch. And the way I'm going to break that down is I'm going to break down uh, old gold world champions between 1948 as one tournament, NWA can one tournament, WWE champion can one tournament, ECW champion can one tournament, and so on and so forth. And wh- I'll get the winner into their own separate tournament to crown the ultimate world champion, uh, courtesy of Fire Pro. So, oh, that's interesting. Should be a long, should be a long project, but I, I think we're going to have a lot of fun with that. So. Yeah, that's pretty interesting, actually. I never thought of uh, doing something like that. That's pretty cool. Now, are is that tournament uh, breakdown for like? Uh, does that include current champions for like WWE that's still around, or is that like what's the cutoff on that? Is it only WWF or? What I'll probably wind up as far as what I'll probably wind up doing is do like the lot, whoever had the uh, most combined day at champion and cut it off at a certain number. Okay, so CM Punk will be I, in this tournament then because he's like number okay, two, Punk, right? Yeah, CM Punk will most likely be in the tournament. Obviously, like Bruno and Backlund and Hogan. But like Dan Stakiak probably won't make it. Andre probably won't make it. Things like that. Okay. And I'm, and there's gonna be a series of mini tournaments with all those different categories and the winners of those tournaments getting the all, getting into the final tournament. Like I really can't. I really don't think you can have like Luther and Hulk Hogan in the same tournament without unless they've earned their way there. If that makes any sense. All right, man. Uh, well, remember we can use promo code PWP for five days free at independentwrestling.tv. 
And remember to check out our podcast friends, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, the Super Fantastic Podcast, At Odds with Wrestling, the Spotlight Series, and its Evolution Baby. And check out our other friends, PWPonderings.com, Big Starks Brand, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, Good Company in Cleveland, Ohio, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, and Kayfabe Collectibles. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Charlie underscore Butters. And you can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at IWTV Guide. Wear your mask. Black Lives Matter. Happy holidays, everyone.